You're listening to the Story Embers Podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston, and welcome to episode 48, Embracing Your Inner Creativity. I'm Grace Livingston. I'm Josiah DeGruff. I'm Lori Scott. I'm Mariposa Aristia. And today we're talking about creativity, that great frenemy of all writers and artists. We've all experienced how writing most of the time can just flow from this fountain of imagination and creativity within the author, but that fountain flows more readily some days than on other days. Today, our panelists are going to share some tips on how to cultivate that inner wellspring. So to start us off, Josiah, what tips do you have for writers who want to do a better job of embracing their creativity? I think one of the places I would start with, which I think is a bit foundational for the episode, is the fact that creativity is something that can be developed. In one of the jobs I have, I'm, I'm talking with different writers um, and parents of young writers who are trying to figure out, well, you know, should their child be pursuing a, a career in writing? And one of the questions I've sometimes fielded from parents is, well, can anyone who wants to be a writer really be a writer with enough work? Or is there this special vial of creativity that some writers have and some writers don't? And if you don't have that vial, well, you're just out of luck. And I generally push back against that idea, the idea that some people are bored, that there are those with creativity and those who do not have creativity. And if you don't have creativity, there isn't much you can do to change your your spot in life. I think creativity is like any other skill. Um, it is something that can be developed. You know, it is a characteristic of God. Um, I think that creativity is part of what it means to be made in God's image. And, you know, if it is something that is inside of us because we're all created in the Imago Dei, then I think it is something that can be developed. Now, it can't be, you know, the way that you develop it might be a bit more uh, securitous than some other skills. Creativity is something that sometimes resists direct efforts to work on it. You know, but I think one of the things I think is really important for writers to do if they want to become more creative is to believe that they can affect and control their own creativity. Now, you might not do it by just whispering a corner, I will be more creative, I will be more creative, you know, a dozen times in a row. But I think it absolutely is something that can be cultivated through different habits. And so I think part of what it means to embrace creativity is to believe that you can affect how creative you can be. And it's not something where you either have it or don't have it. We're all able to be creative. Simply a matter of developing the innate traits that I think God has given all of us. I think one of the things that can really help writers cultivate their creativity is developing the right kind of mindset with your creativity. And by that, I mean learning that it's okay to explore new ideas even if they don't go anywhere. That writing isn't the only expression of creativity. And also just knowing that you're going to make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that your time is wasted. But I think especially that you need to learn to be fearless in your creativity. To stop worrying about what other people are going to think. 
whether they're going to like your story, whether your story is publishable, all those doubts that basically hinder us from sitting down and typing that chapter or that scene. Some days, we just got to sit ourselves down and give ourselves permission to write garbage. And most of the time, that garbage actually ends up being the best writing that we do. And that's because we're freeing ourselves to write from the truest part of ourselves. And that often results in more authentic stories. And I think I approach this as a writer and a teacher. Because in the classroom, when I'm working with kids, we are all the time trying to develop their creativity. Josiah had talked about being able to develop this gift that God has given us, that it's inside of us and we can draw it out. And I know there's things that we do with children in the classroom to help them draw it out. One of them is to challenge their thinking a little bit, take risks. So just a simple thing, like pull something unusual out and look at it. And then come up with a list of as many different things that you can think of that you can do with that thing. And then once you have that list, push it. Like you have a list of three, four, five, double it. See if you can come up with twice as many. Force your mind to go into those outer extremes a little bit. Josiah said, develop habits. Make a habit of playing with words. That's something you can do all the time. I find myself doing this sometimes, like I'll be in a sermon or listening to a sermon or listening to someone talk, and they will use a word that can be a homophone for another word or a pun for another word. And my mind is already spinning off and trying to come up with how else could this be? How else could this be looked at? Where can I go with this one simple thing? And ask questions too. Kids are really, really good about this. Sometimes as an adult, someone says, well, this is how it works. And we're like, okay, got that. Check. But kids will be like, well, why? Well, what if? And then, you know, you ask that what if question and all of a sudden there is something in your brain. This is kind of a weird thing too. And I learned this from a woman who did art therapy. I had broken my wrist, my right wrist. And so I was writing with my left hand and she talked about, she's like, well, that's really interesting because I work with kids sometimes that just, there's like a block. They can't get past it. They can't reach this creativity. So what I asked them to do is to simply switch hands and do it with their left hand. Because of the way our brain works, it opens up these avenues for connections. You know, you have the one side of the brain that says this is orderly and does this, this, this. And we need that side of the brain when we write. Because that side of the brain tells us put a period here, put a question mark here, start a new paragraph. But then there's the other side of the brain that has these aha things. And that's a lot of times where our creativity is housed in those aha areas. So as we're writing, if we can engage that other side of our brain, then we can tap into that creativity. I love those exercises that you do in the classroom, Lori. Those sound like great exercises. I just, I also just love the, the the tips and the experience you can bring as a classroom teacher who works with the kids every day to help them become more creative and embrace their creativity. The different things you found worked have worked there. I think it's such a valuable perspective to have and hear from. Yeah, in the education field, we call that brainstorming a lot. Sometimes it's not until you get the, to the 14th, 15th, 16th idea that you discover something wonderful and unusual. You guys have kind of already started heading toward this question a bit, but what habits can writers cultivate outside of writing that you think can help them be more creative when they do sit down to write? I would say literally everything that you do has the potential to boost your creativity. So a couple of things I would suggest is one, always being ready and looking for inspiration in every moment because you never know what might spark an idea. I mean, we writers get ideas from the previous things sometimes. That's why we kind of need to train ourselves to be like 
stalkers and just keep an eye and an ear open to the world around us. And the second habit I would recommend is just devoting some time in your schedule to other creative mediums besides writing. Like, for example, I'm also an artist. And many times I find that my art inspires my writing and my writing inspires my art. Oftentimes I get story ideas while I'm drawing or painting or whatever. So whether you enjoy art or music or sewing, just take some time from your writing and pursue other creative endeavors because they can help nurture your creativity and make it grow beyond what writing can. Like as the saying goes, you can't run out of creativity. The more you use, the more you have. I don't often have time to do a lot of outside activities because I I work a lot and I try to write. Mary Post is being very humble. She is a very, very good artist. And I enjoy doodling too. She's very talented. But one of the things is to allow your mind to want, wonder, wander, and think about things. I'm kind of flying off the cuff here a little bit, but I had a thought related to this. Going back to the idea of just even in regular conversation, thinking of, what if? Those what if questions that I brought up earlier. What if this happened? What would happen? Where would it go? What if the little old lady who lived in the shoe, what if all of a sudden she had an empty nest and now there's no longer any kids there in that shoe? <laughs> What's she going to do? Where's she going to go? What's going to happen? Will the kids come back and visit? Entertaining those kinds of questions on a regular basis, I think will help you develop that creativity. I guess my tip for this would be, uh, perhaps a bit paradoxical, but I think one of the best things you can do to also boost your creativity in addition to the many suggestions that uh, Lori Mariposa had would be to build in time into your regular schedule where you are doing nothing. There's some fascinating research that looks at the effects of doing nothing. I first came across this read some of uh, Sherry Turkle's research uh, Turkle is a, a professor at MIT who's looked into the fact that you know one of the, the costs of all the digital technologies we have is that it's actually you have to work uh, to be able to find yourself be actually doing nothing because it's you know, it used to be that you know we have all this time where we were simply you know, bored um, and you have a smartphone in your pocket all the time. You always have a, a possible distraction, but there's actually a lot of value in being bored and boosting your creativity and that it's the moments when we're bored and we don't really have anything we have to do that our mind is able to wander and able to process things and we're able to make connections that we might not have made otherwise because we're not forcing it. And it's just the things that our brains are are able to connect. Um, And so one of the things that I've been trying to work on more over the last year is actually to be doing less that instead of saying, well, how many podcasts can I cram into this drive I'm doing to give myself time during the drive, not to be listening to anything, um, but simply to think about wherever my mind is going to end up taking me. I've found to be true in my personal life that you know, having those times has helped me to be more creative um, because it gives me time to think where I don't have to think about things. I know that from the research and from the other people I've read, this has been true for a number of other people as well. So I think sometimes just taking the time out of our schedule or busy lives just to do nothing can actually be quite helpful for helping us have a sustainable creative lifestyle. Just say I have to hop on after that because that is absolutely true and wonderful. You let those ideas percolate. So well said. I would like to call that the Winnie the Pooh philosophy. Well, if that's a Winnie the Pooh philosophy, I now have multiple reasons to love Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, he sits in his little honey tree and he goes, think, think, think. <laughs> it's a great way of living life. 
We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. For today's mineral break, we are looking at Novel Marketing's third commandment of book marketing, which is, Thou shalt persist in thy craft. One fascinating thing I learned from Novel Marketing is that, at least in 2016, there were actually more American Olympic gold medalists than Americans who made it on the New York Times bestseller list. That means it's harder to get on the New York Times than to win the Olympics. If you think you have arrived as a writer, you are lying to yourself. To stand above the crowd, you need a hard training regimen. Some tips are constantly consume expert writing advice through books, courses, podcasts, etc. Also, write as much as you can. Shake things up with a variety of short stories. Finally, get plenty of professional feedback. Excellent beta readers, of course, but also editors and or writing coaches. Always, always learn from the best and press yourself beyond your limits. For more book promotion and platform tips, subscribe to Novel Marketing at your favorite podcast app or listen at novelmarketing.com. And also for listeners of this podcast, you may enjoy Novel Marketing's other podcast, The Christian Publishing Show. Welcome back, everyone, to our discussion on embracing your inner creativity. So far, Josiah, Mariposa, and Lori have shared some tips for how you can boost your creativity when you're not writing. But now I want to flip the question and ask if you all have any tips for being more creative once you've sat down and you've pulled out your keyboard or pen and you've actually started writing. I think one of the things that comes to my mind is not feeling like you have to come up with the one right answer immediately when you're trying to wrestle with a story problem in your writing. Um, you know, I, I work with a, a number of writers and coaching them and helping them through different problems. And you know, one of the most common things I'll do if a writer is find them stuck, you might call it writer's block or something else, is simply to encourage them, well, don't try to come up with the one solution to this fix. Come up with five different solutions. And I think doing that does a couple of things. One of the things that it does is the more solutions you force yourself to come up with, the more likely you are to go beyond the basic um, expected answers and to go into things that are more unique and creative. I think one of the other things it does for writers is it gives you some freedom. Because I think if you're trying to think of, oh, well, I have to come up with the correct way to do it, sometimes that demand and that pressure of I have to find the right answer can stifle your creativity. When you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to come up with five answers, and it's okay if some of these are terrible, because that's why I'm coming up with five. I think that gives you the room um, to be able to be more creative. And I also think that doing it also just gives you the opportunity to be more creative because often it's not your first or second attempt that's going to be the most unique creative option out there. So I think sometimes just giving yourself the freedom to not have to come up with the right idea on the first try um, can do a lot to just boost your creativity and help you avoid finding yourself uh, hitting writer's block as uh, as readily when you write. Going along with what Josiah just said, in the classroom again, we have a technique called F2OE. I actually wrote an article about this for Story Embers. And it's a technique where, um, like he said, fluency, flexibility, that's the F2, originality, and elaborating. So it's the idea of coming up with several ideas, because sometimes those best ideas aren't the ones that you come up with first. And then once you get those ideas, taking what Josiah said to take it a step further, you take those ideas and you organize them. 
or you categorize them? Like, how are they related? How could I put them here? Because what you'll discover is as you start to categorize your ideas, it will generate even more ideas that you can add to that list, which I think is kind of an amazing thing. And then once you've gone through that, uh, that comes with your flexible thinking, then you look for ideas that are more original. Now, it sounds very methodical as you're looking at creativity, but like Josiah said, you can exercise that brain, you can exercise and draw out that creativity. So look for your original ideas and then take those and elaborate on them, give them more details. It's a process that does work. I find it works very well for me with poetry. You would have to take it a smaller scale for bigger works. Okay, I just want to say that what Josiah and Lori said is awesome. And like, that is definitely something I do when I'm writing. Uh, but one thing I just want to add here, which what I'm going to say is probably going to offend all you plotters out there, but I'm going to say it anyway. And that is embrace pantsy. Now, I'm not saying that all you people with those detailed outlines need to go ditch your 20 plus hours of brain work. Because if that's what works for you, that is awesome. Now, what I'm saying here is ditch the outline when the story calls for it. Because as you're writing, our creativity is constantly working. And it's coming up with new ideas. And sometimes those ideas will not follow your original plan. So sometimes that will result in useless plot bunnies. Other times it will be the best decision you've ever made. Because that is your creativity telling you, here is something you need to explore. Here is something your readers weren't expecting. Here is a new part of your characters that you haven't discovered yet. And hey, that's when the best plot twists happen. Because if you the writer don't expect it, your readers are definitely not going to expect it. Well said. I like that idea a lot. As we start to wrap up here, I wanted to throw you all maybe a curveball question. Do you think there's such a thing as too much creativity? And if so, how can you keep your creativity balanced? I will just flat out say I don't think it's possible to have too much creativity. Sometimes I will do stuff and I'll think, boy, man, that was so creative. Good job, me. And then I walk down the street or I pick up a book or I look at a picture and I am flabbergasted. I'm like, oh. Why didn't I think of that? It's just like, no matter how creative I think I am, there is always something even more creative out there that I want to strive to try, you know, and chase. So for me, I don't think you can have too much. I'm always chasing after something more. And I'm always looking for something beyond what I can currently do to try and grow it into something even greater. I would agree with that. You know, I think sometimes writers can worry about if an idea is too creative or out there, you know, because on the one hand, it's certainly possible to write something that's you know just so bizarre that readers aren't interested in. You know, but I would contend that while there's a difference between something being bizarre and something being too creative, where the difference lies is it lies in channeling your creativity um, into the right directions, right? And so it's possible for you to be you're so creative in, in some ways that um, it's a bit confusing and bizarre of why the story suddenly take just a completely left-hand turn. You know, I thought this was contemporary, and then suddenly there are aliens just coming out of every corner. But I think it really doesn't have to do with an issue of creativity as much as it has in just knowing where your creativity is going. Um, because as, you know, Lori, as you were saying, um, I think there, there are just so many books I've read out there that are just very, very, very creative, and they're creative in all the right ways. So I don't think that it's possible to be too creative yourself as a person, but I think sometimes as writers, we need to determine well, where are the best places 
for this creativity. So we're not messing with readers' expectations or hopes or other things that could uh, cause uh, the creativity to come off as more bizarre than creative. Yeah, I definitely agree 100% with you two that you cannot have too much creativity. Uh, because if you think about it, creativity is part of the fabric of this world. If you look around us, God has created so much diversity. Each fingerprint is different. Every snowflake. There are so many different shades of colors and textures and wildlife. And God has given us an abundance of creativity. And we shouldn't let that go to waste. However, I do think writers need to learn how to use your creativity with the other gifts that God has given us. So, for example, creativity is one of the driving elements whenever I create a story. I'm always thinking of different ways to make the story more creative and unique. That said, creativity is not the only element you need in a story. There's also emotion and wisdom and knowledge and empathy, all equally driving factors in writing a story. And if you're using those with creativity, it will help guide it and keep it from running off a cliff. For example, wisdom will tell you that you need to follow these certain grammar rules and keep your creativity from being like, I'm going to break all the rules. Or for example, like empathy. That will keep your creativity from writing quirky, weird characters that no one can relate to because they're too far off the wall. So if you also cultivate these other necessary qualities in your life and writing, they will naturally work with your creativity and help it to produce beautiful works of literary art. I think I'm going to have to be chasing after you. Those are great ideas. I would also say, too, this is just a side thought, but some people don't pursue creativity because they dismiss it too easily. They say, oh, I'm just not creative, and they don't pursue it. And like Josiah pointed out, I definitely think it's something we should pursue. And like Marie Posa pointed out, there is beauty in the world around us, the individual fingerprints and snowflakes. So we can't use that as an excuse. I'm just not creative. No, don't tell yourself that. Don't believe it. Instead, seek it out. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode, and thanks to all of you listeners who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a topic or question you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Email us at info at storyembers.org to let us know. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Clogston, Michael Stanton, and Renee Kennedy. Visit patreon.com slash storyembers to become a supporter and get access to exclusive Storyembers updates, swag, and more. And finally, join me again on March 21st as Josiah, Lori, and Deus discuss how to avoid forgettable themes. On the next episode of the Story Embers podcast.